Hey yo, what's up? It's Aiden Jones here. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree. Tuesday, the 3rd of September is the date of this episode. Today is Monday, as it is increasingly becoming when I record these. Um, I feel like some... It's having it. People, people often tell me that I have like a positive outlook, and I think that's important. I don't know if I am. I don't know if that's like something that I have to try to do, or if I've cultivated it, or if just somehow inherently that's been like the way that I am. And uh, often I think it's very helpful to be positive and to try and see the positives in things. And then sometimes you just have to admit that the world gave you a fucking beatdown, and that's what happened to me this weekend, I reckon, I feel like, um, I feel like nothing has gone right in the last few days, but actually, no, some things have been great, maybe I just, I've, I feel quite, I just, I've had a shitty few days, do you know what I mean, it's actually quite tempting, when I feel bad, it is tempting to just start thinking that everything has been bad and start ignoring the good things, you know? Um, and even, like, you almost play, like, Snap. You know that car game Snap when you, like, snap the same... the car, Like, the same cars go down. You're like, Snap. I start playing Snap with my experiences in my life. So I'll go, like, I feel bad now. I'll remember when I felt bad in July. I felt bad in, in, in June a little bit as well. I start lining up all these times when I've felt the same as I do now, which is just kind of shitty, and, and from that go, oh, I'm, I'm, I feel shitty all the time, shit, life's bad, <coughs> I'm also sick, <laughs> how good is that, um, I've had a bad weekend, and I'm also sick, I guess I'll start at the th- first, I don't even know if this is like, I don't know what I want this podcast to be, if I want it to be like my diary or my journal, the weeks that I do it myself, but I just feel like this week, I'm going to talk about romantic feelings in my love life, is what I'm going to do. Um, because the reason that I feel bad is, and I'm not going to use any names, um, I met a girl in Edinburgh like three weeks ago, and and uh, she came to a show of mine, and, and we just kind of hit it off and got coffee and and hung out, and we were, hang- like, to only hanging out for, like, literally 24 hours, not even, and then she had to go back to London, where she lives, and, um, we, we did a bit of kissing, and, and, you know, nice shit like that, and, uh, we made plans to, when I got to London, hang out, we were gonna hang out, and, and we started talking a bunch, and very quickly established that, we liked each other, and it was very exciting, and nice, and, um, I've been thinking a lot about why I end up meeting people like this, who I have these kind of strong, immediate connections with when I travel, is it because I'm traveling, like, I mean, fucking, friends have said they think it's because I'm, I'm, I'm scared of commitment, so, I'll, uh, I'll just do it, when there's no commitment, so it's like a way out, you know, but it doesn't feel like a choice, I don't know, anyway, that's not what I want to talk about, so, I'm messaging this girl for a few weeks, and it's great, meanwhile, a different girl, who I've kind of been loosely in contact with for a, uh, a long while, 
messages me and it's clearly like a sex thing, right? I, I don't know if I should be telling this. <laughs> it's this bad. I I think this gets to a good place. I'm, I'm really trying not to... It's so weird to like expose my 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 fucking personal life on this medium that's just an open medium. Like I'm just casting this out into the world. Even if no one really listens to this, I still am genuinely putting it out into the world. So it's like, is that good or I don't? I think there's some sort of catharsis or something that people can connect with in this story. But I'm sorry if anyone finds this like, uh, what? I'm not using names. And I don't think it's really that... I don't think it's possible to trace who these people are because there's no part of the connection that either of them have had with me that's public. So they know who they are. They're going to know who they are if they listen to this, which if you are, hey, what's up? (laughs) I don't think anyone else will. (coughs) All right, so second girl messages me and, and it's clearly sexual and we're talking about, you know, we're sending like sex messages back and forth and she's in London as well, and um, it's established that we would like to have sex with each other. God, this feels so weird. <laughs> and so, um, I say to this second girl, because I'm trying to be honest here, right? Because I think that any kind of sticking points with people when you wade into the territory of like sex and romance comes from dishonesty, surely. People get the wrong idea about each other and their intentions, so it's best to just be clear and and put all your cards on the table. So I said to this girl, I would like to have sex with you. However, I've met someone who also lives in London that I quite fancy, and I'm not sure what's going on with that. So I'm just going to let you know that we might not be able to when I get to London. I might feel like it's not the right thing to do, but... I'm not sure yet because I don't know what the connection is and it was just a day, so whatever. That's that. And um, and she kept mess- she 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 said she was like, oh, kind of sarcastically, like, well, that's nice that I'm I'm like the backup plan. And admittedly, I didn't say anything to that. I should have said I should have said, well, yeah, if you're not comfortable with that, then I'm sorry, maybe this isn't for you. But I didn't say anything because I wanted to have sex. So, anyway, I'm all fringe. I'm just thinking about this first girl who I like. And we're messaging each other more. And <coughs> I'm getting really excited. All the messages that I have with her are um, uh, just like us talking about the nice things that we're going to do. Um, my good friend, Robin Perkins, who I interviewed last week on the podcast, uh, lets me stay with her whenever I'm in London. If her house is free in uh in london she lets me stay with her and when i get back she tells me or she told me that she was going to be away for a week um so i can have her house like her her flat in london to myself and she she's so great she just goes just change the sheets (laughs) she said just change the sheets and i'm like robin you are a rare gem that she's so she's so giving you know who the fuck would uh, anyway that's incredible that's like a thing that dudes do for each other (laughs) but 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 uh like a guy you know i don't know robin fucking thank you so much you're great right 
And I tell this girl that, and she's like, oh my God, so exciting. And, uh, and we're talking about, like, we're going to go to the markets, and we're going to do all this nice shit in London. And uh, I get to London, and, and I cancel a gig, actually. I had a gig in Manchester, but it was unpaid. But I'm like, I want to get to London sooner. That was on the Wednesday, so I'm like, fuck that. I cancel that gig. I get a bus. I, d- I do a gig in Liverpool on Tuesday night, and then I get a bus down to London on Wednesday, but she says on Wednesday, actually, she's, she's too busy, she can't see me Wednesday, but she'll see me Friday, and she'll come around, and we'll have this weekend together, great, I'm a little bummed, I'm like crestfallen, but I'm excited, I'm so excited, and, um, and I'm still talking to the second girl, and it's still sexual things, and I'm not, I'm, st- I'm not sure whether that was the right thing to do, but I was just kind of, I started to think, I started to think, you know what, I am leaving, and I started to think this in, in terms of both situations. I'm leaving. I'm not going to be in London. So one, with the second girl, it's probably not that bad if I sleep with her as well because I am leaving. So it's not like it's going to be like a long-term relationship with this first girl. And then also with the first girl, I'm thinking about how I'm leaving and I'm thinking I've done this in the past and, and had like emotionally charged kind of romantic flings with girls while I've been traveling and it's really not that fair to me I started I was thinking this on Wednesday and Thursday it's really not that fair of me to expect someone to invest emotionally in a thing with me when they know it's going to end and I was getting ready to say this kind of stuff to this girl when I saw her in person I didn't want to say it over a message because I just I felt like well we're going to be together anyway so I can just say it to her in person then on Friday afternoon I get a message from this first girl who says that on Thursday night she went out with a friend and uh, as it happens there may be a more romantic connection with her friend than what she initially thought and so she said it's probably not best if she confuses those two things like me and this other person so she said I don't think we should see each other while you're in London have a good time in London and uh, I was outside I don't know why I always turn these moments in my life into stories, like it's some grand, like everything has some grand symbolism, but I, I like symbols. Um, I was outside uh, Sports Direct in Oxford Circus. I was about to buy, <laughs> I was about to buy a Tottenham shirt um, in preparation of going to the the Fighting Cock Social, this like Spurs event to watch the North London Derby on Sunday. And I was out the front of there, about to walk in and and spaff sixty pounds on a fucking uh, a Spurs shirt. And she sent me that message, and it just it hit me, man. It fucking knocked the wind out of me and uh the thing about london the thing that i always fucking tell people about london is there's nowhere to sit down in this fucking city which is fine if you're feeling good but if you feel like and this is a dumb thing for me to but if you feel like if you're heartbroken there's nowhere for you to sit down and process those fucking feelings So I'm just on Oxford Circus with no seats, just kind of walking. I feel like a drunk in the middle of the day. And it was like, I reckon it was like 3 or 4 p.m. And I'm supposed to be meeting this girl at 8. And I'm, you know, just knocked me on my fucking ass. And, uh... I like lean against a phone booth and half sit on the floor and call Blake and and uh, Blake had some good advice for me. He said, 
He said, you know, like, because look, I feel, I do feel silly that I put so much emotionally into this thing with this girl, into what is essentially a weekend with this girl. I realized when she, when she said maybe we shouldn't see each other, I realized that for the whole, the from meeting her for the two weeks of Edinburgh after that until the end of Edinburgh, every single day when it was relentless and I was just getting up and, and doing the gigs the only thing that I was really looking forward to was that weekend with her, the weekend after the Fringe. And uh, Blake said, you know, maybe you should have something in your life other than comedy that you can look forward to. That's not just some tryst with a girl who, let's fucking admit it, you don't really know. Like, at, at that point, she's not so much a person and more just an idea that I've put all these expectations into. So... I think that's good advice, but, um, I don't know, regardless, I felt like shit, and, uh, but, and I'm not proud, I'm, uh, am I not proud of that, I don't know, I don't know if I did, I, I, no, I don't think I did the right thing here, I messaged the second girl, and I say, hey, remember how you said, uh, that you were hoping it wouldn't work out with the first girl, well, it's not done, um, so, let's hang out. And she said, okay, uh, what are you doing tonight, And like, now? And I said, well, I've got to meet a friend, um, and then I'm free later in the night. And she basically said, well, look, I'm not going to wait around for you. And the vibe that I got was, if you really wanted to do this with me, then you would just do it with me and, and drop the stuff with your friend and everything, which is fair. And she said, uh, don't worry about it, mate. I don't want to do this anymore. And I said, yep, yeah, I understand. I'm sorry if I've made you feel shitty. And we went our separate ways. And me telling this now isn't as funny as I found it at the time. Like, just the... the. What am I trying to say here? A part of me wished that I had just lied. A part of me wished that I had just not told, not tried to be honest and just... You know, because then I could have had sex with someone. But is it bad to have sex with someone, even if they want to sleep with you, like, it's still based on a lie, isn't it? That's bad, right? I think that's bad. Someone tell me if you think that's bad. If I had lied, if I had just, or if I had just not, not even lied, but just not said to this second girl that I was maybe seeing someone and just been like, oh yeah, this is when I'm free and just kind of juggled the two and and not had any transparency. Is that bad? Am I being dishonest with someone to the point where I shouldn't be sleeping with them then? Or is that just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's the kind of thing where it's like only bad if you get caught, isn't it? Because otherwise, no one feels bad. If no one ever finds out, no one feels bad. And the likelihood is that no one will find out because it's a casual arrangement. I don't fucking know, dude. But anyway, I, I went from I went from like having the prospect of a beautiful weekend uh, of like staring into eyes and going to markets and, and holding hands and then later some just casual sex to neither and now i'm in <laughs> i'm in i'm in fucking robin Bergens's house in southeast london all weekend by myself <laughs> and just even just being in this house and remembering the expectation that i had in my fucking heart when i walked through the door on wednesday 
And then when I had it to myself on, on Thursday, like the expectation that I had, I was so excited and I thought, I can't wait for this girl to be here and for us to share this space together, even for such a short amount of time. This house now just reminds me of that. And it makes me very sad. And there have been, because I'm so into fucking symbols, my life for the last few days has just been laden with symbols. Oh boy, has it. Um, uh, let me fucking remember a few. I had a bunch of condoms that I put in my pencil case in my bag because I was like, oh, I'm going to need these. <laughs> and then I forgot they were in there. And I didn't write for a few days. Um, and then I went to write on, was it today? It might've even been today. It was in the other pocket of my pencil case. The one that I don't use that much with like a USB and <coughs> just some bullshit in there. And I, I got something out of there today and I was like, oh, that's right. Condoms. Well, I'm sad again. That was a good one. Um, when, when, when Blake told me that I need to go and and fucking find things that I care about other than comedy and look to look forward to other than comedy. I was like, I know, I'll go and play. This was a cool thing that I did. I went and played uh, five-a-side football in Whitechapel on Saturday morning. That was great. Uh, just went online, found some like pickup game that you can do, and uh, and fucking yeah, just like played with some dudes there. It was great. Some guy was being a dick. Some guy was fucking getting real aggy about the whole thing. Like, he was just, like, slide tackles all the time, always going to ground. And it's like, it's a social game, man. And to be fair, he was very good at football. But um, I really didn't like the way he played. And then, like, one time he pushed me, like, hands on my body, both hands, and pushed me. And I went over. And he said, like, come on, man, it's not netball or whatever the fuck he said. And he was playing with his shirt off. He took his fucking shirt off. It's like, can't. We're in London. We are miles from any sort of beach or swimmable water. And you're taking your shirt off. And it's like, calm down. And uh, when he pushed me over, I really had a go at him. I was just like, dude, you're a fucking joke, man. This is social football. And then literally 15 seconds later, the next action, uh, as they would call it when commentating football. The next action, um, the next phase of play. I uh, found myself against him and I did a rainbow flick over his head and I, it fucking was perfect. The blood was just like, it wasn't even a calculated thing. It was just like out of instinct. And that's my one trick. I mean, I'm not that good at football really. I'm fine. But the rainbow flick is the one vestige of skill that I still have from when I used to take it really seriously when I was a kid. Um, I taught myself how to do those and, and not really signpost them that much. And I went straight over his fucking head. And then went and ran past him as well. And he was rooted to the floor. And uh, as I ran past him, he just shoved me to the ground. <laughs> and I felt so good. <coughs> I was like, yeah, I got you, man. That was me beating you at this game. Okay? So go fuck yourself. That was a nice way to get some levels of aggression out. I think that really helped. If I didn't have that, that next fucking day, I would have just been wallowing, oh my god, would I have been wallowing, <sighs> so yeah, I did that on Saturday, played some football, uh, recorded uh, an episode 
of Trash Future, the Trash Future podcast. That's behind their paywall, though, so sorry, can't listen to that. I also recorded an interview with Riley Quinn, host of the Trash Future podcast, noted Oxford graduate, and uh, is he a socialist? I guess he's a socialist. I'm going to put that up next week. That's actually that's actually a great interview. I talked to Riley um, about going to Oxford, I guess, but more just the dude is a very fucking smart, switched-on guy, and we talked about the way that the Oxbridge, like Oxford and Cambridge education kind of teaches you how to be so confident in like your opinions. Like these guys, like, like Milo, my friend who went to Cambridge, who's the, one of the other hosts of this podcast, these guys are so, they can talk about politics and, and sound so intelligent and really back themselves. And, uh, like in a way that, I don't know, I don't think I'm, unintelligent I'm maybe not as educated as these guys and I, I haven't learned as much about this stuff but I'd back myself to like oh what am I trying to say no maybe I'm just trying to say I'm as smart as them and maybe I'm not and maybe I'm insecure about that but I need to figure out a way to say that I am with <laughs> maybe I need to figure out a way to be like I'm as smart as those guys that can't be tested you know so I can never be wrong maybe that's what I'm trying anyway no whatever it is they've got this kind of intelligence that like, I've always been impressed by the way that that Riley can uh, speak on a subject that's like politics or society or whatever and kind of make these points that seem so clear and they're so convincing. And he explained to me that um, the way that Oxford kind of gives you that skill and um, the way that that education is so different to any other education in the UK. I know it was fascinating, to be honest. Um, so we talked about that. Look out for that next week. That's going to be next week's podcast. Um, yesterday on Sunday uh, I went to it was a North London derby Tottenham the mighty mighty Tottenham Hotspur and uh, a club from Woolwich played football Uh, I went to the Fighting Cock social I recorded an episode of the Fighting Cock podcast uh, with Flav and uh, David Alfie Ward today. Oh, man, thank you to those guys for having me on that pod, man. That was so much fun. One of my favorite podcasts to listen to. An absolute treat to get on that. Um, the Fighting Cock Social is an event that those guys put on um, for, like, big away games. And, you know, if you can't get tickets to go to the stadium, they have... It's, like, 300 people in a pub. Everyone's Spurs supporters. Um and they have big screens, and the pub basically just let us kind of do the thing, you know, they're not going to tell us off for being too rowdy, and there's a lot of spilled drinks and stuff, and they know, I guess, they're going to sell a lot of booze, but by the same token, there'll probably be, not trouble, like no fights, but just a lot of boisterous and and loud behavior, and um, so we did that, Spurs drew 2 all, a very frustrating draw, it was a good game, Draw was probably the the right result. And then afterwards, I thought this was funny. I went to, uh, I took myself to dinner and it was like, okay, I made it through the weekend. I'm still feeling sad about the what I thought the weekend was going to be as opposed to, it's like that scene in 500 Days of Summer, which yeah, I do love that. Oh, I love that movie, man. It's so great. I honestly love it. I know people hate it, but I love it. And there's a scene... <coughs> where he goes to the party after he and, and Zoe Deschanel have broken up and um, she invites him to go to this party and he's going to see her again and it's like expectation versus reality. Fuck, it's so good. And he his expectation, they the two kind of scenes play side by side and his expectation is that 
he's going to be welcomed at the door by her and she's like hugging him and then they reconnect and and they share a kiss and it's intimate moments and blah 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 and, and he's going to be like you know the life and soul of the party and the reality is he gets there and she's very genial and cordial with him but it's clear that she's just invited him out of like politeness and uh and they're not going to reconnect and he's lonely and fuck that was my weekend if you could Im- oh man imagine if you could play my weekend's expectation versus reality expectation friday night beautiful night of passionate love making <laughs> um reality went to top secret comedy club and saw my friend do a set and then drank coffee until two in the morning and went home saturday expectation lying in bed sunbeam coming through the window cuddling <laughs> um uh going to where were we gonna go where was i think oh oh that's right i went for a run on friday morning and i thought i know i'll, d- I'll take her to peckham rye and we'll go sit in the park we'll get a coffee from old spike roastery and peckham on the other side of the park we'll walk through the park and we'll scope out on our way to get coffee we'll scope out a nice spot to sit that's like in the fucking shade but there's still sun and whatever and then we'll go buy a bunch of nice things like cheese and 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 fucking whatever and we'll go sit under a tree uh reality saturday morning sleeping for a bit uh probably watched some porn don't remember and then went and played football with a bunch of random men who i've never met (laughs) and and had a verbal confrontation with a man who was wearing no shirt. <laughs> oh, good shit. Saturday afternoon. Expectation. Um, I don't know what I thought we were going to do. Probably something that she chose, I reckon. Um, maybe something involving books. I don't know. I asked her to pick a few things that she wanted to do that she didn't have time to do because of all of her work and we could do those if she didn't have any ideas i was going to suggest uh her going and like maybe we could go so she could paint somewhere because she liked to paint um this feels like actually quite a, a a healthy thing for me to do it feels like i'm grieving the relationship that i built up in my mind by letting it play out okay that's the expectation maybe we're going to go paint somewhere still probably be outside I think I checked the weather. Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely checked the weather through the week. I was so excited. Uh, reality. Um, did podcasts with my friends. That was actually really fun. Um, sat down with uh, uh, my friend's girlfriend and talked to her about the thing, the, the weekend that I thought I was going to have. And then we just kind of talked about relationships and life. And that was a really nice time. Uh and then uh, Riley went back to Riley's place in Dalston and he cooked us uh, eggs for dinner and we had some non-alcoholic beers and, and, and talked about whatever. That was a lovely evening, actually, even though it was spent platonically with another man. <laughs> Sunday. Um, Sunday, I was, I was pl- expectation. I was hoping to take this girl to, uh, I, I saw in Angel there was a canal festival, like a boat festival. <laughs> and there is, there is an angel. I read in Time Out, an angel on Sunday. There was gonna be like a like angel canal festival, and I thought that's lovely. I'm gonna not tell her that that's on, and I'm gonna take her there. And um, 
and we were going to walk around for a bit, and then I was going to, like, in the morning, you know, like, 10 a.m., get over there, spend midday there, have lunch somewhere, and then I would have gone to the Fighting Cock Social by myself. Uh, That was the expectation. The reality was I went to a cafe for a bit, did some writing, did I? Yeah, I went to a cafe for a bit and did some writing, is what I did. Probably wrote in my journal, oh, I'm sad. (laughs) Did some admin, I think I did some admin, um, and then did the Fighting Cock Social. And then, Sunday evening, I, I I go to the Fighting Cock Social and then I go and take myself to dinner in Broccoli. I look up a nice place and uh, I get a roast, lamb roast, they'd run out of chicken, unfortunately, um, so I get in there, it's downstairs in this place, like underneath this cafe, it's a nice kind of English restaurant, a uh, good fucking English restaurant, yeah, nice English one, none of this fuck, none of this European shit, I'm talking about England, get into this English restaurant, and, uh, I sit down, I choose a seat near a plug socket because my phone was dying and I commit to the seat, sit down, look up and at the table right in front of me that I'm facing towards is a man wearing an Arsenal shirt there on a date with a girl Um, and I could tell they're on a date because at one point he kissed her hand and it was very cute and sweet and I couldn't help but think about how I'd just seen this game, and I wished we'd won so badly, I wished we'd won so that I could have gloated, I was so glad that we didn't lose, because I know he would have looked at me and given me a wink, like, ah, I'm here with a girl, and, and your fucking team lost, and we beat you, but if we'd won, I could have been like, I'm gonna ruin your date by looking at you, and you know that I'm here, I don't even need to do anything, because I was wearing my Tottenham shirt, and he was wearing an Arsenal shirt, but because it was a draw, neither of us, he definitely, 100% saw me, he 100% would have seen me. I was just to the left of him. <coughs> but neither of us looked at each other the whole time. And uh, I had my food. I read I read my book. I bought a couple books. That's what I did on Wednesday morning. I bought a couple books. And uh, I started a PG Woodhouse book. Oh, what a guilty pleasure. I love. If you haven't read any PG Woodhouse, man, what the fuck are you doing? Let me read the blurb of this book. Look... Check out how much of a fucking jaunt this is. You ready? The book's called Jeeves in the Offing. And uh, (laughs) these are so silly. Jeeves is on a holiday at Hearn Bay. And while he's away, the world caves in on Bertie Wooster. For a start, he's astonished to read in the times of his engagement to the mercurial Bobby Wickham. Then, at Brinkley Court, his Aunt Dahlia's establishment, he finds his awful former headmaster in attendance ready to award the prizes at Market Snodsbury Grammar School. And finally, the Brinkley butler turns out, for reasons of his own, to be Bertie's nemesis in disguise, the brain surgeon Sir Roderick Glossop. With all occasions informing against him, Bertie has to hightail it to Hearn Bay to liberate Jeeves from his shrimping net. And after all that, the fun really starts. <laughs> oh, man. Such a jaunt, you know? Um, they're very silly books. I bought one of those and I was sitting across from... Not across, I was sitting, I was sitting near the, the, um, the, the fucking Arsenal boy on his date. Reading a bit of that, chuckling to myself at the first few pages. And just in my head, this was the fantasy, right? The fantasy was if I was rich to, 
at the start it was just oh i'll buy their their table a, a thing and just say that it's like a dessert and just say that it's for the girl and i'm like no that's fucking weird that's gross isn't just buy it for the girl like i'm trying to like I'm trying to fucking muscle in on his girl. That's a gross move. The the funny move that he would have to admit is funny is to buy everyone in the whole restaurant, including his girlfriend, like a like pay for their bills, pay for everything, and then buy them like an extra like a dessert or a bottle of wine or whatever. Just say to the staff, everyone gets something, all on me, all the bills are covered, except for him. <laughs> just you, mate. You have to just pay like a normal cunt because you're wearing an Arsenal top and everyone else gets all of their shit for free because fuck you. And then I just sit there and I look at him as he looks over at me and rolls his eyes like, really, dude? And I kiss the Tottenham match <laughs> on my shirt. <laughs> I think I think definitely a part of what made me hate him more than that more than that he was wearing the arsenal thing was you know the symbolism man just the fucking weekend that i was hoping to have that i didn't have it felt like the world was rubbing it in my face it felt like i'd done all of this stuff the 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 playing football and the podcasting the dinner with my friend and going to the social and buying the books reading the fucking woodhouse everything to try and distract myself from the fact that I didn't get to have this thing that I was hoping and really so looking forward to. And even after everything I tried to do to distract myself, I fucking sit down and there it is. There's this guy sitting there having a lovely time with a girl. I'm so bummed, man. It really made me sad. I was really looking forward to it. And if I'm honest, like... I, I have to figure out why I, why I, what I've, I've been thinking about for the last week, why do I want to travel so much? Why am I always trying to travel and trying to, like, it's not for comedy. It's not a fine, I don't have a financial imperative to travel, to do the travel that I do at the moment. I don't. I'm doing a lot of gigs, but I'm breaking even or losing money on most of these shows. Asia, I broke even. July, I half broke even, and I like, and in Berlin, I lost money. And then the next few weeks, oh, I'll finish this fucking, I'll finish this fucking podcast or something. The next few weeks, I'm, I'm maybe breaking even, probably losing a bit of money. And uh, it's like, what am I running from? Why am I doing all this travel when I could be spending this time in Melbourne, where I, where I can absolutely live a life where I break even? And I got to ask myself that question and figure out what the answer is because another friend of mine said to me, maybe I'm not, maybe it's not that I'm scared of the commitment, but maybe it's that I just am scared. The thing that I want is stability and maybe I'm scared of that. Maybe I'm scared of giving myself the thing that I want because if I do that and I get it, then I've got everything and then if my life isn't perfect and I'm not happy, well then what? There's nothing else that I can do. But right now I'm like, well of course I'm unhappy. I'm a struggling artist. I'm traveling to all these places and it's hard. Oh, poor me. But I do it to myself. But it's easier to do it to myself and then let that be the reason that I'm unhappy rather than give myself all of the conditions possible to be happy because if I do that and I'm still not happy, well then what? Then I'm just unhappy and that's scary. So maybe I just need to shut the fuck up, 
and travel less and 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 be in Melbourne. And uh, you know what? I can't wait to go to therapy in October. <laughs> I'm going to close on this. Um, I'm not going to say what city it will. Oh, am I going to close on this? Actually, you know what? No, I'm not. I'm not going to close on some negativity. No, I'm fucking not. The story that I was about to tell was I lost a booking because someone fucked up an admin thing and it's not my fault. And it is nice to finally have a moment of vindication where you're, you're, you're right in being mad at someone. But you know what? I don't care about that. It was a hundred pounds that I lost. Who cares? A hundred pounds wasn't going to save my life. It just annoyed me this morning, but I'm over it. I think I'm over everything. That was fucking so satisfying to tell that story. And I hope that everyone listening, you got something out of that story because I didn't really want to tell it at the start. I don't know why. Why didn't I want to tell it at the start? Because I was scared because I thought that it might make me look bad. The second girl thing, the second girl thing really wasn't an important part of the story, but whatever. I feel like it's, I don't know. It's all, it's all interwoven, man. It's all fucking connected. Anyway, that's the podcast for this week. Uh, This song playing out is going to be a song called The Streets of London by a guy called Ralph McTell who I just looked up and found out has been a huge folk singer in the UK since fucking since the 60s isn't that nice I just found this song on my Discover Weekly it is a beautiful song hauntingly so and I'm going to play out with it uh anything else to say if you're in Dublin give me a fucking hoy I'm in Dublin from next week when am I in Dublin I'm in Dublin from Sunday. I've got gigs all next week in Dublin. Uh, I'm at Piccadilly Comedy Club on Saturday night in London. Fucking whatever. Next week, look forward to me interviewing Riley Quinn um, about being smart, basically. (laughs) Um, Other than that, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Aiden Jones. Sitting under a tree. Peace. Have you seen the old man in the closed-down market Kicking up the paper with his worn-out shoes In his eyes you see no pride And held loosely at his side Yesterday's paper telling yesterday's news So how can you tell me you're lonely And save for you that the sun don't shine Let me take you by the hand And lead you through the streets of London Show you something To make you change your mind Have you seen the old girl Who walks the streets of London Dirt in her hair and her clothes in rags She's no time for talking, she just keeps right on walking Carrying her home into carrier bags So how can you tell me you're lonely And say for you that the sun don't shine Let me take you by the hand and lead you through the streets of London Show you something to make you change your mind 
all night cafe at a quarter past eleven. Same old man sitting there on his own, looking at the world over the rim of his teacup. Each tea lasts an hour, and he wanders home alone. So how can you tell me you're lonely? Don't say for you that the sun don't shine. Let me take you by the hand and lead you through the streets of London. Show you something. To make you change your mind. Have you seen the old man outside the seaman's mission? Memory fading with the metal ribbons that he wears. In our winter city, the rain cries a little pity for one more forgotten hero. And a world that doesn't care. So how can you tell me you're lonely? And say for you that the sun don't shine. Let me take you by the hand and lead you through the streets of London. Show you something to make you change your mind. 